This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to the 38th episode of Kiwi and the Bird. I'm Kami. I'm Taylor. And in today's episode, we are giving a non-spoiler review about the steamy and chemistry-filled The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book reviews work. We'll give you a little synopsis about the book, chat about the characters, and give our thoughts on the setting and writing style. And of course, we'll list out our favorite things about The Love Hypothesis, and we'll end the episode with a rating of the book. If you'd like to support the podcast, you're welcome to click on the link in the episode description below. We'd be so grateful to have your donations. Now, as this book does get a little steamy and mature, reader discretion is advised. The story is more suited for those over the age of 18. And now, on to the show. The Love Hypothesis is a contemporary romance told through the eyes of protagonist Olive Smith. Here's the synopsis. Olive Smith is set on getting her PhD in biology and is wholly unconcerned with romance. That is, until she has to convince her best friend that she's fake dating Stanford's one and only jackass professor, Dr. Adam Carlson. Olive never thought that she'd take part in a rom-com trope, but when feelings start to arise and the lie is no longer a lie, Olive might just fall prey to her own experiment. The protagonist in the love hypothesis is Olive Smith. Olive loves unicorn frappuccinos, American Ninja Warrior, and is wholly dedicated to helping identify early pancreatic cancer symptoms. She gets easily flustered, stammers when nervous, and is slowly becoming more and more infatuated with the man everyone is supposed to hate. So what did you think about Miss Olive Smith? I didn't love her, didn't hate her. (laughs) The thing is, I see she does have some good qualities. Like, I like that she's very much the sunshine character, right? So, like, on, on the back of the book, um, one of the reviews says, this is definitely grumpy meets sunshine. Yes. Like, that's definitely a trope here. She's sunshine. She's the sunshine. She very much portrays that. However, she's also really relatable. That's true. Which I don't like. Because it's, you get the secondhand embarrassment. I get the secondhand embarrassment, but it's also, like, she very much overthinks the negative, right? But she never really takes a look at the positive. And I'm like, if you're an overthinker, if you're a true overthinker, you consider all the possibilities, okay? And then once you considered all the possibilities, you take the positive ones and doubt them so much <laughs> that you have, you, there's nothing left but the negative. But she didn't do that. So, like, a part of me was just really bugged by that for some reason. You're like, you're a fake overthinker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> other than that, though, okay, other than my completely illogical bias against her, I actually, I, I liked, I liked Olive enough as the protagonist. Yeah, I think she's kind of spunky, very upbeat, even though in, she's a grad student and her, she says she's poor. She still makes the best of everything. She's like, I don't care if I have to steal a croissant or two, I'm going to survive academics and I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. She's hardworking, she's very dedicated, and she really does want to help the world. I think my thing with Olive was that I wish that she maybe felt a little bit more full of a character. Mm. I think there was if there was maybe like one more aspect or one more thing that she would have felt 
a little bit more complete in my mind because I feel like I have the basis, I have the logistics, but I just felt like there was that little missing piece that could have maybe put things together more. But all in all, I thought she was positive and fun and, again, very sunshine. Yeah, she's a good sunshine character. Yeah. Apart from my illogical bias. (laughs) In the love hypothesis, we also meet Adam. Dr. Adam Carlson wears black clothes, is absolutely shredded, and has a genius IQ. He's an ass who hates chamomile tea and pumpkin spice lattes, and he's set on getting grants to explore a new field of research. Everything in his life seems settled until he meets a girl who acts as the new control for his feelings. What did you think about Dr. Adam Carlson? You know, the more books we review on this podcast, the more I realize I have a type. (laughs) (laughs) And this type is getting more and more apparent. I like the guys who are stoic and mysterious, and they're very direct. Mm -hmm. They're not liars. Like, they tell you things straight up. And that's Adam. And, I mean, I, I think... Because he's so direct, that's kind of where, like, the ass reputation comes from. And, I mean, Kami said this earlier when we weren't recording, but he's got big brains, thick shoulders, and something else. (laughs) (laughs) I think I said, I think it was, like, big brain, big hands, big shoulders. You can imagine the rest. Yeah, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) But what did you think about Adam? I think Adam was a very very attractive character mostly because i did associate him with the korean actor i found i find very attractive that's not the point a little bit though <laughs> it fed into it it fed a lot into it um but again like he i'd really like that type of character where he's kind of like a little bit of a pretentious academia scholar yes. right he kind of has that vibe um but he's also an authority figure because he's a professor but he also, like, has things that kind of, like, undercut his stoicness just a little bit. Things that are endearing. Now, I'm not going to say yet, but, you know, wait till these, wait until the discussion. Yeah. But he's just, he's a, just attractive. And we also called him earlier the contemporary Rizand. Yes. It might be pronounced Rizand, but we say it Rizand. We say Rizand. From A Court of Thorns and Roses. Deal with it. <laughs> Let's talk about the setting. The love hypothesis takes place on the prestigious Stanford campus in California. It's the perfect setting for a little Professor Times grad student gossip to spread, and it's the perfect place for fake relationships to evolve into something real. What did you think about Stanford? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the setting works well because obviously these characters are scholars. You know, like they're they're known for the academia part, and like where where better to have that than an Ivy League school? Makes sense. And I feel like the setting also did just did really well for Adam's character. Yeah. <laughs> because, of course, he'd be a professor at Stanford. Yes. You know, that really, like, ups his level. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like if the setting were to do anything for any character, it's not Olive who's the protagonist. It's for Adam. Yeah. Because it makes him, like, it takes his authority to a whole new level. Like, mm-hmm. he's not just smart. He's real smart. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like the setting wasn't necessarily the main focus of the story, and I didn't mind that. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't mind that we didn't necessarily get to explore Stanford, because that wasn't really the point. The point was more so the romance. Like you said, Stanford was more so to provide the basis for their positions and for their careers and such. I think it's also a nice setting because, you know, a college campus isn't very small. 
And so with stories, like, you want your setting to be a bit smaller to kind of, like, isolate your characters. Yes. Um, so it was nice that she did it between, like, the grad students and the professors because that's a very select group of people. And that did isolate it a lot on a setting that would have been a lot bigger. Yeah. It created the pathways where characters could meet. Yeah. It, it created the proximity. Now let's move on to our next topic, writing style. What did you think about the author, Ali Hazelwood? I think Ali Hazelwood did really well to just have the narration be seamless, where it really does feel like I'm Olive or I'm in her head or in her position, where I didn't feel like I was aware I was reading a book, where I could just be her in this academic setting. I think, I th- from what I read from Ali Hazelwood's little summary in the back of the book, she herself is a scholar, like she's in academia, so she- I could very much tell that sh- the author was from her writing because I could feel that in Olive, like the anxiety about her experiments and the whole, the, the dynamics between professors and grad students and the undergrad students and all of that. And I really liked seeing that because it made the story feel a lot more alive. Um, but I also think that she writes social anxiety really well <laughs> because Olive's social anxiety really resonated with mine and I was just like I had to put the book down because I was like oh my gosh all of I can't with you <laughs> oh no um but I also think that she wrote the tension between the two main love interests very well like she really she did build up the romance in a way that it was very satisfying and I very much appreciate that because that is not done very often and I think you know there were a couple occasions where yeah, like something just so happens where they have to do something <laughs> yeah. even though they're fake dating. You know, but I didn't mind that because no. that's kind of what the story was mm-hmm. and what it's intended to be. It's supposed to kind of be creating these tropes within the fake dating trope to make things happen. So I didn't mind. I didn't really mind that that they there were these little plugins to make the closeness happen. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not realistic. <laughs> it's not. But that's not why we're reading it. No. We're reading it for the romance. We're reading it to get flustered. Yes. Which we did. <laughs> if you like. Fake dating tropes. Professor fantasies. Coffee dates. Ivy League. Lab coats. Speakers. Mice. Assholes. A contemporary rice hunt from A Court of Thorns and Roses. Presentations. Science. Public speaking. Ultimate Frisbee. Sunscreen. The one bed trope. Smart asses. Getting someone to pay for you. Grumpy Time Sunshine, Social Anxiety, Keynote Speakers, and Abs, then this is the book for you. It really is. <laughs> really, all you have to like is just the the fake dating trope. Honestly, it's got the three main tropes, okay? It's got the fake dating trope, the grumpy and sunshine trope, and the one bed trope. So if you like any of those, or if you just love the combination of those, you should read this book. Also, if you like Science and Bill Nye, Maybe this is something to explore. Yeah, you know what? Bill Nye vibes are real. (laughs) Now, Kami, based on our unique rating scale of 1 to 7, 1 being literal trash and 7 being fangirl mania, what would you rate The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood? You know, I really did like the buildup in the romance. I liked the tension. Adam was really hot. Apart from my illogical bias against Olive, I really, I did like her. The Korean actor is also really influencing this. So I might have to give the love hypothesis a five. Oh, a five. 
a five. Oh my goodness. Which is feeling my shelf. Feeling my shelf. It's been a long I mean, time since we've given a feeling my shelf. Honestly, the green actor really influenced my decision on this. <laughs> I think it really like stepped it up like a point one or point two. <laughs> but I mean, it was also just like I liked the story, mm-hmm. you know? It's hard to make a contemporary interesting, you know, because you're just telling the lives of people and, you know, people usually try to read books to get out of their own lives instead of just reading about them. So the fact that she made this interesting and, like, tension-filled and kind of cute and endearing, like, it was just well done. I think I'd give the story... Okay, this is hard. I've, I don't usually feel like I struggle with the ratings too much, but this one's been tricky. Also, that Korean actress, actor sorry, was really hot. He was so hot. Jamie <laughs> showed me a picture. I think this book is a really great blend of science and contemporary and fun. Like, you don't have to be wholly... You don't have to know scientific language to enjoy this book. It's everything that's told in a way where if you do if you do like science, you would get the references. And if you don't, you still enjoy the book and you enjoy the setting. And I felt like the setting was different because it is Stanford. And I do think that the romance was really well done. There was the buildup. There was the little sweet, endearing, and connecting moments. I think that I overall would want the story to maybe feel like a little fuller kind of like what I said with Olive I feel like maybe a little like a few more little things could have maybe rounded it out a little bit more so because of that I'm going to give this book a 4.8 Ooh. so that's I mean basically feeling my shelf but it falls a little bit in the uh, page turner category a little bit um, but I did enjoy it overall and all of a sudden I was like <laughs> Uh, do I like science? <laughs> do I need to explore science a bit? I completely understand Professor Fantasies now. <laughs> yeah, that is one thing is that we were talking about how before we read this book, we were like, okay, you know, like, why? <laughs> Basic, yeah. I was like, why? Like, I never understood why the Professor Fantasies were a thing. Yeah. And then I read this book. <laughs> yeah, after this book, I go, I get it. I get it. There's something about the authority. Yeah. Yeah, and if he shredded, I get it. <laughs> and it's kind of like, kind of forbidden a little bit common it's not common it's not technically forbidden but it is like slightly frowned upon yeah which is kind of makes it attractive yeah weirdly humans are weird yeah thank you so much for joining us on keeping the bird for a book recommendation episode about the love hypothesis by Allie hazelwood we hope they'll join us in our upcoming episodes if you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at QueenTheBird. Once more, if you'd like to support the podcast, just click on the link in the episode description. We hope you liked today's recommendation. Join us for our upcoming book discussion episode where we go into spoilers and details about the love hypothesis. And remember, like a library, at QueenTheBird, shh, happens.